This is the Blaze and Access Podcast. Disability news and perspective for Friday, December 8th. I'm Blaze Bryant. In December 2016, I spoke with one of my great friends, Micah Rehnquist, who, like me, is also blind, but unlike me, knows how to cook. We talked about how he cooks while blind. One of the things that's requested um, uh, amongst those that I know um, every year is the things that I do with squash. Um, I have this butternut squash apple soup that I make. Mm. Um, it's a recipe that I, I developed on my own, um, adapted from kind of a combination of recipes that I've found um, online um, over some time. I started making it maybe five or six years ago, and I had uh, tried a couple of versions of it before I landed on this particular one. And um, it's not a really thick soup. You know, squash, a lot of people think of it as this, well, squash, it's this mushy stuff. Um, and uh, it's not a really thick soup. It's got uh, plenty of onion and garlic in it and mm. chicken stock and the squash and the um, the fresh, um, I prefer to use um, Honeycrisp apples because they can, they keep their, their crunch a little bit when you go to put them in a soup mm. and uh, lots of rosemary. That's kind of the big, the big deal with that particular soup and uh, brown sugar. And uh, there's a few other things too, but you know, those are the main things and it, it's just so savory. I've had several times when there are people who, claim to not even like squash who will you know go after more than one bowl of this soup i'm salivating right now just so you know <laughs> uh the other thing is um i make this um squash bread and um the loaf ends up being about two and a half to three feet long just bare i, I can only bake it in an oven that's like a standard size oven and i have to put it um uh, diagonally into the oven uh, for it to be able to bake. It's a long loaf of bread and it's braided. Uh, it ends up being about six inches wide and about, I'd say, probably four inches tall and somewhere between two and a half and three feet long. Um, it's distinctively squash tasting. It's got some brown sugar in it to uh, sweeten it up a little bit. And then uh, the uh, the topper is kind of what makes this bread. You it functions as a pull-apart bread because of the bread, uh, the braiding and, uh, the topper, what you put onto it is, uh, dark brown sugar, sugar and butter that have been mixed together as a spread. And you put a little bit of that on each piece. Yeah. Oh. Super good stuff. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm the way my mouth is formed right now. I'm like trying, <laughs> I'm trying not to drool. Like I'm not even exaggerating. I'm I'm such a food oriented person and I just heard that and the first thought that went through my head is um how much would you like me to pay for a loaf of this and I will pay whatever shipping fees necessary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I, I I don't mean to be gross, but it's very hard to keep the drool in my mouth right now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so effing good. It's unreal. No, I will give credit where credit is due. The the butter topping stuff uh, was not my idea. It was my ex-wife's idea. And 
the bread is excellent on its own, but that that butter stuff is just just puts it over the top. I've had people just eat that um, at mm-hmm. times, and uh, and they almost eat too much of it and, and can't end up doing Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it ends up, you know, it's kind of a an appetizer is how I usually serve it, and a lot of people are just completely sated on that. So Micah Rehnquist is our guest here on the show today, and you just got done talking about how the squash bread is an appetizer. Now, to me, that sounds like a bit of a dessert. So why is it an appetizer instead of a dessert? Uh, well, I mean, I could go in like so many different directions. Um, my opinion is that um, this, well, technically, I guess, this really could be, um, according to my own experiences, you know, kind of a whole meal um, with the topper that I do, the the uh, uh, the brown sugar and butter thing. You know, people just kind of sometimes eat that all on its own. Um, it's pretty sweet, um, but it is also, you know, very savory. And um, it, the bread is not really heavy on its own. And so... You know, when you have an appetizer, you're looking for something that is kind of uh, satiating and um, not too filling, and that's kind of where this really uh, wh- where this really fits in. The, the bread is not really heavy, but mm. the the butter topping is you know really satiating. So, but that's kind of how it fits in there. Mm. What that satiate? That is a beautiful word. Uh, that yeah. that is. You're quite on top of your game here. I mean, uh, uh, using words like satiating, I you're you're upstaging me. That's okay, though. <laughs> well, no, I, I've been I've been doing this I've been doing this this food and eating and cooking thing for a while, so you know, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, aside from the squash bread and the squash soup that we have talked about and we talked about the cranberry sauce earlier you know what are some of your other favorite dishes to prepare for the holiday season um well other than those two well this is kind of a hard question so um you know i'm kind of biased because you know i like my own cooking but um i would say overall if if i were to think back like so I'm 38 now. If I were to think back, you know, over all my years of the thing that, that I always look forward to, um, holidays or not, whatever. Um, I love stuffing. Um, it, it doesn't really matter if it's like, you know, stovetop or mm. whatever. I just, I love, I love, I love stuffing. And, um, that is one of the things that over the past, you know, since I've been, uh, you know, an official grown up, you know, 20 years ago, um, (laughs) I've really focused on, um, as far as cooking. And it's, this is one of those things that, you know, kind of like cranberry sauce, it's not really necessarily very complicated. Um, you do have to follow a couple of rules, but it's not really, um, you know, it's not like baking or pudding or, ice cream, you know, you don't have to be like really crazy specific to, to make it good. Um, I really love stuffing. Um, if it's stovetop, I'm going to eat it. Uh, if it's something that I made, I'm going to eat it. Um, (laughs) 
uh, uh, stuffing is pretty cool. Um, as far as technique goes, uh, you know, in official, you know, complicated, uh, French cooking, which is kind of what much of what we eat is based on. Um, there's this thing called mirepoix and it is kind of the Holy Trinity of French cooking. It's celery, carrots, and onion that are sauteed in some kind of oil, um, way, way, way back in the day, it would have been in things like goose fat or rabbit fat or duck fat. Um, and Interesting. Then, uh, yeah, and then combined with um, sage and thyme and rosemary and, of course, some salt. Uh, and then some kind of stock. Most of the time it would be something, um, you know, pretty similar to um, the fat. So either goose stock um, chicken stock, rabbit stock, something like that. Um, and then um, in modern times, we're using what's called day-old bread, which is, um, you know, you go to a bakery um, and uh, the bread that, it, that they baked yesterday is what you're going to use today. And the reason for that is because um, day-old bread is going to be a little bit more dry and it's going to be able to absorb the liquids from this this thing that you cooked, this mirepoix, these these six ingredients, um, or seven ingredients technically, uh, it's going to be, be able to absorb those liquids uh, without getting really soggy. And that's kind of the, the point of um, stuffing, in my opinion, anyway. Okay. The point of stuffing is to, you know, have this, this thing that uses a bunch of stuff without being um no that uses a bunch of stuff while being edible i guess would be the point <laughs> gotcha as as long as it's edible yeah 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 that's a that's a pretty important thing there yeah stuffing is good yeah so and i i'm with you on the stuffing i i've had damn good stuffing my mom makes mm. damn good stuffing I've had really good stuffing that, you know, some family and friends have made. And I've had, eh, stuffing. So, Me too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's funny with all these dishes. There are really, you know, nothing is overly terrible. But yet you can classify them into these sort of, eh, good or damn good yes. sort of tears. Yes. And it's, I I mean, I just love it. I mean, you wouldn't want me in the kitchen. I I would just, I'm a great waster of valuable space when I'm in the kitchen. Um, I mean, I, unless you want me to come in there and you want me to be the taste tester, I, I'm staying out of there. Well, everyone has their place, so that's fine. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're you're making me feel a sense of purpose, and that yeah. I have a place, and and the place is to be the taste tester and the ultimate uh, consumer. In the end, well, the big deal is, um, you know, as a taste tester, are you able to be unbiased? Are you able to say everyone's going to like this or no one's going to like this? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. 
mean, as, as you know, I'm, you know, I have a pretty honest, I'm a pretty honest person, and I, I just say it the way it is. Right. You know, if I if I think it's if I think it's poop, it's poop, and I'm gonna say it's poop. Oh, uh, if I think it's delicious, I will say it's delicious. What are some of the things that you, um, that you think of um, when? You know, as a guy who's what you're 25, 26, yeah, like that, yeah, right? 25. Yeah. So, you know, you know, looking forward um, to, you know, being a family man, perhaps whatever, what are some of the things that you are um, interested in um, as far as, you know, holiday meals and traditions that you just don't know how to do? You know, what are some of the things that you're interested in learning about? Wow feel like I'm on who wants to be a millionaire because that's the million dollar question. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the best answer that I can uh, put to it is you know I I'd love to I'd love to fry a turkey. I've had deep fried turkey before. Oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm drooling again. Yeah. I'm I'm drooling again. And my my grandmother makes this uh, frozen salad. Um and what it is, it's Cool Whip and cherries and some other stuff, and it is delicious. Like no. it, it's it's one of those things that if she knows I'm coming up for Christmas, which she will know, um, mm. she knows that I I get my own separate thing of it because I it is something that I have loved since I was a kid, mm. and I. I mean, it's just, it's one of the things that I look forward to the most. See, I'm past the age of looking forward to Christmas gifts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm past that age. I was past that age a while ago. Um, now, I, you know, I look forward to just putting as much food in my face as, as, as possible. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I've got two... Um, Two comments, I guess. Um, okay. The frozen cherry salad. Uh, that is a really interesting idea. Um, I would like for you to uh, tell me a little bit more about it because um, my suspicion is that it is a variation. Some pineapple in it too. Yeah, I'm, I'm my, trying to think of all the. I'm trying to think of what she puts into it. My suspicion is that it is a variation of a uh, nearly 180-year-old dish called Waldorf salad. It does have walnuts in it. I don't know if that's close to Waldorf, <laughs> but I think there are walnuts in it as well. Um, so can you describe um, what you're eating? So it's like it's like this frozen sort of block of sugary deliciousness. Um it's see I'm I'm really bad at at describing this stuff because I'm just so focused on I'm just so focused on the taste and the fact that I okay. get to enjoy it and So would you say it is um frozen yet light and creamy at the same time? Yes. Oh yes. Absolutely. Okay. And um, would you say, uh, so that's a texture thing. Would you say by taste it is 
um, fruity and kind of buttery at the same time. Yes. Okay. So this, uh, without, without knowing specifically what your grandmother's making, I would say this is a variation of Waldorf salad, which is really, really delicious. How do you make Waldorf salad? Okay, so um, the Waldorf Astoria, that's a hotel in New York. Yes. Um, from way, way back. Uh, one of the chefs there um, came up with this idea a long, long time ago of taking uh, various things, uh, fruits, um, sometimes vegetables, but mostly fruits, uh, and some things like honey, maple syrup, various types of sugars, um, combining them with whipped cream and uh, fruit and then putting them in you know, a bowl or on a plate and calling it a salad and serving it as, as a dessert. Mm. You know, that, that's been happening for like 150 years ago. 150 years or so, that's a Waldorf salad um, in its simplest form. There are lots of different variations, and so... Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking your, your grandmother's doing is a variation of a Waldorf salad, a frozen version. Could very well be. Yeah. Um, I, I, it could very well be. So the other area that I wanted to get into with you is because you lost your sight at some point in your life mm-hmm. and at, you know, before you, before you did, you were a chef. And yeah. I'm just curious, as is probably most of the people listening, how you've adapted. In other words, how have you adapted in the kitchen despite losing your sight? Um, well, you know that, that's an interesting question. Um, I do, I do a number of different things. Um, some of it is kind of you know, math related, um, and more simplified, such as like, uh, the way, the way that I measure things is not really, um, the same way that, that sighted people might measure things. For example, um, when I'm baking, um, I use, um, I use a, a gram scale that talks to me. And, um, if I need, you know, a, pr- a particular amount of say sifted flour, then I know the math um, to measure out um, that same volume of sifted flour, which is usually uh, 7.35 to 7.5 um, um, grams. It, well, no. Um, what's the word? Uh, shoot, I forget the word. Anyway, um, Units? if you were to measure. But yeah, it is units. Um, if I were to measure it out um, in cups, it would be um, ounces, so eight ounces. And then so I do um, 7.35 to 7.5 um, ounces by weight of flour for uh, the same equivalent of sifted flour, which is what is used for baking, um, then you know, maybe like liquid ingredients – you know, I kind of use, um, you know, some different things. So, for example, uh, I use a dropper bottle. Um, so maybe like you, um, 
you have um what's it called uh kids medicine that's mm-hmm. in a dropper bottle sometimes uh you can find herbal extracts that are in the same kind of bottle uh what i do is i get one of those herbal extract bottles um either use or get rid of the herb- the herbal extract because the bottle is food safe and then i use the uh the bottle and its dropper top to measure out you know liquid ingredients like you know vill- vanilla extract or something like that um most of the time um those droppers are either in half ounce or or um, i'm sorry um half teaspoon or one teaspoon measurements which most people don't know because they, they don't need to know but that's kind of how they come and so when i need to you know do things like vanilla extract i just use the dropper bottles I have um, a couple of things that I've made on my own. I've made my own cinnamon extract. And I've made my own nutmeg extract, uh, both using um, – uh, actually, the cinnamon works best using um, alcohol, and the, uh, the nutmeg one works best with water. And so, you know, I do these things, and I measure them out with the dropper tops as opposed to uh, measuring them by volume – because measuring by volume for us, you know, sometimes is is messy. You know, we can overfill the the thing and just kind of waste stuff. So that's that's true. Kind of, that's kind of how I do it. That's true. I didn't think about it. I mean, as you were saying this, I was like, it seems like the way you're doing it would be more difficult. <laughs> uh, but in reality, the way you just explained it makes sense. Yeah. It's not necessarily, I mean, yeah, visually, yeah, sure, that's more difficult. But, you know, when you can't see it, it's not really more difficult. It's it's just different. A quick programming note. Because December is a very busy month for me, I've decided to take the rest of the month off, and I will be back to fill you in on everything starting Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Until then, I'm Blaze Bryant wishing you a happy, healthy, safe holiday season.